Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. In the winter of 1620, of the 100 pilgrims who had arrived on the Mayflower, 50 were felled by cold, starvation, and illness. That spring, the neighboring Wapanoag taught the survivors to plant and cultivate the native corn. The summer of 1621 was generous. By late November, Governor William Bradford wrote, as we sang today, the harvest was bountiful and the pilgrims were safely gathered in ere the winter storms begin. And though their suffering and their grief must have been terrible, instead of mourning, the survivors chose to celebrate with Chief Massasoit and 90 of his good people. Thanksgiving. I am not romanticizing this story. In years to come, a genocide of Native Americans began that persists to this day. But I want to land squarely on that shining moment amidst unfathomable loss, a moment of plenty, and the impulse to share the wealth. James Lowen is the author of Lies My Teacher Told Me, Everything Your American History Textbook Got Wrong. In an interview with the New York Times, he is quoted as saying about that shared harvest celebration, we might as well take shards of fairness and idealism wherever we find them in our past and recognize and give credit to them. While rightfully the pilgrims would have been mourning their dead, somehow they chose gratitude and generosity and joy. When despair threatens, we can remember that joy is also possible and be grateful. Russian-born Holocaust survivor and Nobel laureate Elie Wiesel said, gratitude emerges from the kingdom of the night. Danish theologian and existentialist philosopher Soren Kierkegaard wrote, it takes real courage to grieve, but it takes religious courage to rejoice. A short video just released by the Forest Hill Church in Charlotte opens on a couple lying in bed, individually wrapped in Christmas paper. Their children come into the room also wrapped for Christmas. The father gets up, flicks a light switch, 
covered in wrapping paper, and heads into the bathroom where the shower is wrapped and the faucets are decorated with silver, red, and green bows. His breakfast is served in a Christmas gift box. His briefcase and car keys are gift-wrapped. And he steps out of the house in gift-wrapped shoes to find his car wrapped entirely in red paper. He's exuberant, ecstatic, a family, electricity, running water, food, a job, shoes, a car. We already have so much for which to be grateful. Well before the halls are decked and the deluge of holiday gifts comes pouring in. My colleague Barbara Merritt writes, in India recently, someone asked my spiritual teacher a question. What is the worst karma a person can undergo here on earth? What a question, she continues. How would you answer it? What is the greatest difficulty, the harshest circumstance? A few responses came to my mind. She says, the list seems endless. But I was astonished by my teacher's reply. He said, the worst karma is to be ungrateful. If you suffer from ingratitude, then it won't matter what blessings and goodness are in your life. You won't be capable of receiving them. In contrast, if you are grateful, then even in the most challenging of circumstances, you will be able to recognize the many gifts that you are receiving. My colleague, Father Henry Nowen, writes, to be grateful for the good things that happen in our lives is easy. But to be grateful for all of our lives, the good as well as the bad, the moments of joy as well as the moments of sorrow, the successes as well as the failures, that requires hard spiritual work. We are grateful when we can say thank you to all that has brought us to this present moment. Do we duly note what's not on the banquet table, noting absence rather than presence? Do we take gifts for granted, or do we somehow think we deserve them? Garrison Keillor tells the story of a grandmother who's walking on the beach with her five-year-old grandson when suddenly a rogue wave washes over the child and carries him out to sea. The woman screams, shaking her fist at the sky and demanding that God return the innocent child. And just then, a second wave comes barreling in and deposits the child unharmed at her feet. She gathers him into her arms, looks back up at the sky, and says, this child had a hat. <laughs> Here's Father now and again. We have to count our blessings. We have to celebrate life. We have to be grateful for the simple gifts, just being alive, being loved, being called to love and to serve. 
These are lovely directives, but the truth is we don't have to be grateful. It's just that if we are, the world is going to be better for it. Gratitude is about so much more than our own happiness. Think for a moment about sitting in traffic and the people who wave their thanks to you when you let them in. And now think about the people who won't let you in. How do we respond to them? How does the world respond to them? You don't have to gesture at me, thank you. <laughs> Unitarian Universalist writer Becky Brooks write, we woke one morning to find that someone had broken into our garage. We picked our way through the space, storage tubs strewn about, ready to make a list of what was missing. It took us a while to figure out what they had taken. The well-stocked toolbox was still there, whole and intact. My bicycle was there. It turned out to be the only bicycle I've ever owned that wasn't stolen. Our car was untouched. At the end of the day, we looked at the list. Two wool sweaters and a tent. Digging down deeper into one of the boxes, we discovered the tent poles they had missed. They took two wool sweaters and half a tent. Someone was suffering a misfortune here, but it wasn't us. There was really only one option. We cleaned up the mess, closed the garage, and laid the tent poles gently on the sidewalk. They were gone by nightfall. I can only hope they found their proper home. Here comes the science. When the brain feels gratitude, the ventral and dorsal medial prefrontal cortex, cortex are activated. And when our thinking shifts from negative to positive, there's a surge of dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin, the feel-good neurochemicals. Gratitude is powerful, writes journalist Karen Young. Research has shown that gratitude can strengthen our immune systems, lower our blood pressure, improve our sleep and our waking. We'll be more alert and more generous, compassionate and happier. Gratitude can increase our resilience and reduce stress and depression. The more gra grateful we are, the greater our capacity for feelings of closeness and connection and joy. Psychology professor Antonio Damasio writes, gratitude builds on itself. We know the brain changes with experience. So the more that gratitude is practiced, the more brain, the brain learns to tune in to the positive things in the world. This isn't something that tends to come naturally. We humans have a negativity bias, which means that we're wired to notice threats in the environment. This is a good thing. It's kept us alive since the beginning. But as well as being alive, we also want to be happy. When there's too much focus on the negative, gratitude can be a way to nurture a more positive focus and teach the brain to spend less time on despair 
and more time on joy. With the brain primed to notice the negatives, we need not only to teach it to tune into the positive, but also to hold those positives long enough to have an effect. Our default position is to let the good slide off of us fairly quickly. So we need to be deliberate about holding on to it long enough to change the brain. Gratitude takes practice. Some of you knew Arlington Street's Art Shirk, a brilliant, thoughtful, generous man who chaired our Prudential Committee. When he was still quite young, he was diagnosed with the same genetic lung disease that had killed his brother. When he entered hospice care at home, Art wrote, at times I find myself caught by suffering, physical pain, emotional despair, or mental anguish. I close my eyes and enter what seems like a very dark basement with only a flashlight. And I begin to search around. Mostly I encounter the elements of my suffering, my physical discomfort, emotional pain, and my mental maze. So I keep searching. At some point, I can suddenly see a glimmer of light in some corner, and I move toward it. I discover something that is not suffering, but is another part of me. I breathe into it and shine my light there. I try to open the crack more, and as I do, I find that the light gets brighter and the space gets larger, and if I persist, it becomes bright enough to remind me that I am also spirit and life and light. I let that awareness grow until it seems to have the upper hand. The suffering is still present, but I am guided by a more essential love-based me. And finally, I notice more and more that we are right now living in paradise. I have always been searching for it in some way, and now I discover that it has been right in front of me all the time. Everywhere I look, every tree, every cloud, every body of water, reflection of light, every human face, seems to me to be a miracle. If we open our eyes and senses and witness the world around us, it is easy to know that we are part of an awe-inspiring miracle, no matter how long we have to live. Beloved spiritual companions, may we give ourselves to the hard spiritual work of gratitude. May we strengthen our capacity for generosity, connection, and closeness, and say thank you to all that has brought us to this very moment. When despair threatens, may we remember joy. 
May we be grateful. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.